Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. It is so sweet, so uplifting, so darling to hear you playing that organ again for these broadcasts. And hello, everybody out there. Well, we're finishing up this 2017 year, and it won't be very many hours before we'll be rolling in to 2018. Wow. Time is moving on. And we have a teaching plus, 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 plus. And you need to listen to this with an open heart, an open spirit, and an open mind. And you need to not have fear or consternation if some of these things that I say at first seem to be over your head. Because believe me, if anything is of a nature that it has a worthiness to be learned and to become known, it's not just like drawing a line in the sand. It takes time and energy, concentration, and belief in yourself and God to really get into the things that are the truth. There are some very, very awesome things that's happening today in the universe. Discovery upon discovery is coming forth. More and more is being discovered way, way out in the universe, and more and more is being discovered even on Earth. Strange things that they never even dreamed about. What I have to share with you today, some of it will seem some things that I have glossed over with you, but today we will dive into them. We will find bottom, and we will get on that bottom, and we will march across it to the end of the ocean and come out on the other side with a flag that says, Glory, Hallelujah. I endear you to be endeared to yourself. I challenge you to be excited about yourself. I call you in the name of Jesus Christ and in the name of the Spirit of God to allow yourself to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The core truth about why the universe is the way it is is a journey over hurdles after hurdles of mysteries. Mysteries to humans of the unknown. It is a time for some of these things to be revealed. And now is that time. I have a renaissance, a recall, a synodaki. There is a connection, a call to the stars that somehow seems to say, I belong to a long ago of before. And I am assured, deep within my innermost being, there are multitudes, millions of persons, who feel in essence that they too belonged to a long ago of before. So, 
This is the time to share these things and open the book and let people really deeply get in to these awesome, fantastic truths. Here's where I want to start. A famous scripture that I have read many times. Psalms 19. Don't look lightly at Psalms. Because the Bible says in the New Testament that there is a key of David. The Bible says in the New Testament, in the words of Jesus, I am the root and the offspring of David. We know that when David said, I have seen too many wars, I cannot build, I cannot build the house of God. But that didn't stop him from being used by God because God endowed him with the spiritual gift to be able to receive the measurements, the weights, the dimensions of the Holy Articles. And why was that important? They were just physical things. It was important because they had extra dimensional aspects to them that were not only physiological, earthly, but they were patterns while being on earth of things not earthly. And even though the earth and the solar system is a part of the universe, it's a very small decimal compared to how vast that the universe is. We're going to talk about the universe. We're going to talk and tell you some things that few people on this planet have ever heard. Scientists will eventually be absolutely astounded and amazed. I want you to listen. I want you to really, really listen. Here's what it says in Psalms 19, the heavens. Now, when they say heavens, and it's plural, and it's a small case with the H, it's talking about the universe which in the New Testament, in the Greek, is called the cosmos, which is the order of the stars, and that represents the heavens. If it is talking about outside of the universe, it is represented by a capital H called the heaven of F heavens. Heaven of heavens. Now it says here, though, that the heavens, that's the universe, Declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. But that seems to be strange. The exponential aspect of it is missing. How can there be all of this knowledge available? How can there be this wondrous display? day by day and night by night. And yet, 94 to 96% of the whole universe is called the unknown universe. And even of the 4 to 6% that they claim is the known universe, the majority of that is really not known either. So what's going on? The Bible says, the glory of God is being declared. Is anybody interested in the glory of God? 
or is that just bumble fuss at you? I just made up that word so that you'd concentrate on it. Does that make it so that it, you're confused? Let's go on. He makes a difference between the heavens and the firmament. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament. We got the heavens and we got the firmament showeth his handiwork. And yet we know that in the first chapter of Genesis, and this is very important, very, very interesting, in the first chapter of Genesis, verse 8, it says, And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So the name heaven is not a foreign relationship to the idea of a firmament. It's interesting how the Bible happened to make that a capital H. But the firmament is something very important and it shows the handiwork of God. And the heavens are declaring the glory of God. And this is happening every day of your life. And it's been going on for billions of years. And this is happening every night of life. And that's been going on for billions of years. And there is, verse 3, no human language or speech. It does not exist, never has existed. Where the voice of these declarations are not heard. There is no language on earth. There is a scripture that basically says, you are without excuse, O man. There comes a time when there is no longer any excuse. The profound is profound, and it's there and it's available. Why can't people get it? We're going to tell you. We're going to explain it. And this is why you must listen to every word that I am speaking diligently. There doesn't exist a language where the voice, their voice, the voice of the heavens, the voice of the firmament, are not heard. Their, T-H-E-I-R, line is gone out through all the earth. It's here on earth. Someone says, oh, you mean that thing that is declaring the glory of God and that thing that is declaring called the firmament, the handiwork of God? That's right. And it's happening every day and it's happening every night. And it's gone throughout the earth. And their words have gone to the end of the world. And in them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. Listen to this. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit into the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the intensity thereof. The whole universe is covered. The entire whole universe is covered. No language that is not been heard. 
No language. Now, let me read you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, because this is an amazing statement that is made by Isaiah, chapter 28, and here's what it says. Verse 11, for with the stammering lips, for with stammering lips of another tongue will he speak to this people. Did you ever get another tongue? Or have you just had your tongue that you were born with, you still have it, and you never even had any idea or concept that there was another tongue that you were supposed to have? Because with this particular tongue, which is a new tongue, that is the tongue, it says, that the God has a plan through which to speak to the people of his, to the destinata, to the believers. Now get this. For with a stammering, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest, wherein you may cause the weary to rest. It is the refreshing. And they would not hear. Now I get it. My God, now do I ever get it. This is why Jesus says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Because the Bible says in Isaiah, this is the rest. This is the thing that you need to make it through, to be comforted, to have knowledge, to be refreshed. This is what you need. But the Bible says they would not hear. They would not hear. This is the problem we've got out there. That people that will not hear. They're into these persuasions of denominationalism. If it frays a notch or a corner or a, or a, a knot hole of their little wall, pavilion, pavilion, they immediately start trolling. I want to tell you, the Bible's saying, I'm saying, Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Now, what happens? What's going on? He said, well, here's what the problem is. Here is where the religious world is. Here is where the Bible world is. Here is where the church world exists. They get into this word, and to them, what it is, is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, repeat upon repeat, repeat upon repeat, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backwards and be broken, snared and taken. That is the prevalence of disaster, spiritually speaking, that has a hold on much of the church world today and many of the so-called believers and Christians today. They've got this idea of this little bit, a dose here, a dose there, this, this baby truth stuff. Paul said in Hebrews, 
He says, we've got to go on forward, folks. He said, we've, you know, we've got to go on to perfection. We can't just keep laying again. And he, and he lists all these things off, like the baptisms, the resurrection. But he says, you just can't keep repeating that. He said, you teach it and then you go on because there's a whole lot of other things that have to be known for those things to be substantiated. So, this is what God is saying. And this is why Paul, he said, all the way from Moses, all the way from Adam to my day, the people have not learned to come into the rest. Otherwise, they would not need it to have spoken of another day for the rest. They have never understood what the rest really was. They did not get it. And did you know that since Paul, going on for generations of time, they still have not gotten it? They still do not understand what the real true Sabbath is, what the real true rest of God is, and what the Bible says that this rest will do for you? It'll cause the weary to rest. And he said, this is the refreshing, but they would not hear. Now, I want you to get, I want you to get John. John is so important in the revelation of all of this. And I want you to get what John did. He, he, he broke the puzzle. Instead of starting off in the the same dreary precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. He just broke that. And he said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that light was, that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. And then in verse 14 he says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now if you take the Word backwards, you find that the Word, it says, was with God and was God. And once you do that analogy, and you get the Word equaling God, then you find that the Bible says that God is Spirit. He is a spirit. He's an invisible spirit. Now we have Bible proof here of something that is really tied into the meaning of the firmament. Of how something that is spirit can be turned into flesh. To physical flesh. In the 14th verse of the Gospel of John. And the Word became flesh and dwelt with men. Now we got Spirit becoming flesh. Now the handiwork of God really can be seen, really can be realized. Because now you've got a body, a persona, that you can see, that you can... The, some of the disciples said, I saw him, I walked with him. I touched him. I felt him. He was with us every day. 
Yeah. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of this whole story. That's the beauty of this whole glory. But where does it go from there? Well, I want you to hear this. I want, I'm going to read to you in Ephesians now. And we're going to look at Ephesians 3. And it's so very important. First off, though, someone will say, well, you're getting into all this scientific stuff, and, and that's complicated, and I don't know why we have to know all about that. I, 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 I get it. I get what you're saying. What you're saying is what the Bible that I read to you, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, that you might fall and go backwards and be broken and get be taken. Because that's where that leads. If you don't go forward, sooner or later you're going backwards. If you don't get on the gospel ship, sooner or later you're falling overboard. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this word. It is real. It is dynamic. It's essential. Is this thing Bible? Is this what God wants us to know? Okay, let me read it to you. If you will, if you will believe the Bible in the Ephesians third chapter, and and beginning in in verse um, verse eight, Paul speaking unto me who am unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and Zenakaki and to make all men see all men all humans all humankind see God wants all humankind see now if you're not in that group called all then you know you're some other kind of prime uh, that is not human uh, then, then of course you wouldn't be included. But if you are a human, you're a part of this. So there's no way out if you want to believe in the Bible. You're a part of this. Now listen to see what this says that you're a part of. And to make, not into wish, not into plead, but to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, don't look for any excuses because you'll never have them. You stand before the pearly gates of God, this scripture will come before you. There's no humans that have a pass to get around it. There are no individuals that can negotiate it with any kind of deviation. It is not, may, has not made available any exception. And God wants the church to know it. The church is a word that means all the people who are part of the citizenship of believing in God and believing in Jesus Christ. And it says, to the intent that now the principalities, read Ephesians 12, read, read and 
and and and and and and really get get it down. What what uh, is is really being talked talked about? Uh, the twelfth the twelfth verse, uh, sixth chapter of Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it says, to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the churches the manifold wisdom of God. It is the plan of God for everybody to know this. It's absolutely important. Now, let's go to Ephesians. Or pardon me, big. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Because there is something dynamic that I want you to really, really, really get into. Because it, it's, going to, it's going to feed you. It's going to give you power. It's going to enlighten you. It's going to show you the way so that you'll know it in a persuasive way more powerful than you had ever known it before. Okay. Now, let's see what, what it says. Listen to this. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Listen now. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is in part is come, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. This is going to tell you who you really are. This is going to tell you where you came from. And when you look up this thing about glass darkly and you, and you go into it, it's amazing the thing that it says. It says that it means to gauge at something remarkable. In Strong's, in the Greek, 2072, a mirror. And that's referenced from G1519, to discern, to perceive. Referenced from uh, G3708 and a Durer of 3700, and it's, it's incredible. It means, for instance, the, the Greek 1519, a place and time purpose. Motion, literally and physically, and pardon me, literally and figuratively of one's mind to the intent. So, what is this about? It's about the universe being unknown. The majority of it is unknown. As long as human people have lived on earth, they still don't know almost nothing about the, the universe. Almost nothing. 96% of the universe is unknown. Well, isn't it interesting that they have a thing called dark matter and dark energy? Isn't that interesting? I think it is. Because I think that those names are a mistake. 
I think what they should have called it is unknown energy and unknown matter. Because that's not any different than what unknown tongues is. Because if you go back to the 19th chapter, there's no language anywhere that has not been spoken. And the prophecy in Isaiah, I'm going to give you another tongue. And when you begin to speak that other tongue, and you begin to come into that knowingness, all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, these are the things that is intended for the church. They're to differentiate so you know about principalities and powers and mights and forces so that you know what the universe is really about and so that you can come into the rest and that place that you need to be to be recipient of all these deep and profound things. So, what is this about? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Let's, let's just check out this thing on, on unknown tongues. For, preposition. That means that prior to it, there's a whole causation. And that whole causation, this thing that he's just getting ready to speak, is the why for. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. People say, I, I, I talk to God, yeah, as a man talks. But God is a spirit, so if you can speak to God as a spirit, to spirit to spirit, that's a totally different reference. That's a totally different level. That's a totally different action. And let's go on and read it. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. He can't understand those things. They're deep spiritual things. They're spirit things. However, how be it, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. The unknown tongues have the secrets. They speak to God. They speak mysteries. Now, if you're just into this thing of speaking the unknown tongue, verse 4, so that it has to do with humans, then you're just involved in edifying yourself or edifying yourself in front of humans. And Paul said, I would that you spake with tongue, I would that ye speak uh, with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. And that is so very, very important. Verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding also, I will sing with the spirit, I will sing with the understanding. Wow. 
This is so absolutely important. It is so classical. Perhaps one of the greatest failures that has ever happened in the annals of history, of the researchers, of the sciences, is the failure to recognize the part invisible spirit energy occupies as a major link that cannot be left out of the equation of why the universe is the way it is. The Bible says that all physical bodies, including the body of the universe, are dead when absent of spirit energy. But setting that equation aside for now, let me open the question gallery. The first question is, has what once was a yonder long ago existence, long before this present time, been erased of identity and erased of all signs of having ever been? Or is there exotic remnant, disintegrates, left over from the prior universe, still fertile of syntone information signals? Does there also in the inventory of the prior universe remnant or remnants exist any ethereal of essence effects that were so steeply lattice structured that they still linger in the background spaces of the rising of all new universes and are still available for its syntone esprit, which is a special abbreviated meaning of a very deep consequences of the word spirit, to suddenly burst its effects upon the scene of reality. Are these minute punts called Soundtron memory energy dots available? Manifestly, I am convinced that mass can invert to a form that is between materialization of substance and spirit. In my opinion, the idea of entanglement enfolds this, and the ghostly virtual punts called by some researchers, though not exactly correct, virtual particles. Understand, I believe in virtual punts. I believe virtual punts are something more than only being the idea of being created as a fluctuations shunt of waves which suddenly appear arisen as phantom effects from empty space. I call such an inversion state a spirit firmity. The Bible calls it a firmament, where creation gases are called waters and are also called energies. Now hang on to this and let's get this. Which are separated dimensionally one each from each other. Sort of like the effect of a neutron and proton space separating the electron. The electron cloud of the dancing uh, electrons owns exclusive dance pathways, which science calls the exclusion principle. It is a fingerprint of the electron no other particle is allowed to have. Syntonic signals of the uh, ethereal essence from worlds past created the quasar black holes in our present universe. Yet, there is another state, a force of power that can move into the inflating space of freed mass, which offers potentials for a rising universe. That other state of force is a syntonic inversion that suddenly can move into the Big Bang burst of radiance. Big Bang burst of radiances 
inflating spaces, stretching them out, therefore causing them to begin converting masses to masses and filling a kind of empty space susceptible at the sublevel of these inversions to occur, at which point a quasar black hole is created, which is partly a similar yet a major differential concept to the scientific idea of cloud or stars and clouds collapsing and in that theory becoming black holes. Such black holes are the chief tools for creation of stellar constellations and stars, including the anatomy material of humans. Once a new universe has begun, could creations arise from the substance of its state of being? For nearly 50 years, the manifest has taught that life in the universe would arise without the help of angels from God's spiriting creation. Psalms 104.30. Look it up. Psalms 104.30. This could be spontaneous combustions, such as by nature, atoms in the process of time change into converging, convergings and invergings and cause long-time merging actions. Additionally, there would be aspect actions of syntone from the prior universe which, con which contains, even in this very debris, the soundtron unction for the continuum of construction for network existence of new life. The Bible says that earth was created to be inhabited. The term earth, of course, can also mean any livable planet of matter having quality earth-like conditions. Isaiah 51:16. The plan of God is a plan for creation of universes without end. Isaiah 45, 40, uh, 40, pardon me, Isaiah 45, 17, KJV. Plan of God is a plan for creation of universes without end. Strong's Greek Concordance G2889, worlds equal cosmos. When a universe transmerges in self-creations, it calls for long spans of time. So the Bible allows for two different tables of time co-running, a long-term table and a short-term table. Consequently, when God first said, let there be light, it was good light. It was an enlightenment. That was the enlightenment to the everything of the earth and the surrounding being turned on so as to imbue, imbue knowledge in its substance. So then God clearly says in the Bible, now let the earth bring forth. Now get this, folks. Can the Bible, does the Bible teach that the earth can go on on its own? Yeah. Creation could go on on its own? Yeah. Let the earth bring forth. Let the waters bring forth. That's Bible. Did God have to be present with every angel to bring forth babies into the world? No, they started being able to do it on their own. They started being able to continue it on their own, just like the animals also did. That's part of the plan of God. So when the scientists try to make a deal that, look, if we can show you that this bacterial aspect can expand, and by its expansion it can it can evolve, then we have proven that God is not needed. Ha! Huh. You haven't proven anything. You've just proven that you're a blubbering fool. Because the fact of the matter is, that's been Bible before you were ever born. Let the earth bring forth. Let the waters bring forth. That was already told in the Bible that that was the plan of God. That didn't prove that there wasn't God, it proved that there was a God that God had put a plan of creation into everything. 
And from universe to universe, it has always existed and will continue to exist. Janet Lee at the organ. <coughs>
Thank you again, Janet. I don't know how you can be so faithful to reproduce the spiritual aspect that you do. <clears throat> bless you, bless you, and keep you. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Back to this thing about self-creating. We want to make it clear. There are things that a universe can do. In fact, one of the first instructions to the universe, the creatures of the universe, especially the humans, was be fruitful and multiply. He told them to do that. It was a job he said to them. That was self-creation. Reproduce yourself. Reduplicate yourself. You can do it. And you can multiply. So it is the plan of God. And the universe can transmerge energies and substances for producing bodies with accelerated energy that escapes and serves as a spirit for those bodies, but only for a temporary period of time. That's why the spirit of animals and, and any kind of a creature that does not have a spirit soul, the Bible shows that the spirit, that they go down because they're temporary. But if they have a spirit soul, the spirit goes up it's because they're eternal. So it takes the Holy Ghost, it takes God to go on beyond the creation of physical things to the creation of spirit things. So it is God that can take and make a spirit soul. But it cannot be done just by self-creating. <clears throat> okay, so under the time frame of star time, God has created potential eternal spirit souls. Spirit souls are complete entities who use physical bodies but do not need physical bodies to exist. Yet, however, need physical bodies to have a visible and communicative presence. The whole matrix use for having a universe is the purpose to bring new spirit souls into the kingdom of the first domain, the heaven of heavens. The universe turns out to be the proving ground for individuals with spirit soul bodies to test their spirit souls to determine if they are fit to become eternal. The galactic span pansperma or panspermia concept has been around a long time. The idea is that microorganisms attached to rocks with, with microbial life on them can be sent uh, aloft or aloof, however you like to say it, but I think aloft is how we'll say it, into space by their being struck by meteorites or other incidents. It is thought that this method could make the distribution of germ life throughout all the universe. As science has advanced, this idea seems to gather more and more consensus as a method for transporting life from galaxy to galaxy. Again, however, this is not eternal spirit soul life. That event takes divine Holy Ghost action. Then there's what is called virtual 
particles that peep in and out of the existence faster than can be kept up with. Actually, these particles are said to be mathematical perturbations used for the purpose of describing quantum field theories. So get this right. When scientists say God is not needed to make a creation, it will arrive naturally. That is partially correct, but only because God planned it that way. And that still does not deal with human consciousness nor eternal spirit souls. Now the ethereal phenomena, there is something different out there on affecting the universe that is missing information that belongs to the unknown of the universe. Who would suspect such information to be found in the Bible? In the book of Luke 2451, it describes Jesus Christ being taken up and carried, C-A-R-R-I-E-D, carried away by some kind of spacecraft. In the book of Ephesians, collectively, in chapter 4, verse 10, and chapter 1, verse 21, it describes a profound surprise as to where Jesus Christ is taken. He ascends far above all the cosmic heavens. Did you get that? I mean, does it say that in the Bible? Yes, it does. You read those verses. You read them. He is taken up by this craft far above all the heavens. That's the universe. When it says heavens, it's talking universe, the cosmos, far above it. And far above the mightiness of all powers and dominions and principalities. It, it says that too. The Bible describes a heaven of heavens, which the manifold manifest teachings call the first domain, not to be confused with the Father's house, which is a physical planet within the universe. Jesus obviously ascends to a dominion exceeding outside, exceedingly outside the cosmos prior to Yah going to the Father's house. The fringe is just outside the first domain and is a provision of spirifirmity. Now we're talking about something very different that entails this term that we got into earlier about the firmament. We've got something that has some firmness to it, but at the same time it's, 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 it's a spiritual. It has spirit. It's a special kind of spirit, a spirit that has some kind of firmness to it. Where spirit of high, high presence can come and abide for a time. No spirits can enter the first domain realm until the close and judgment of the university in operation. Interestingly, Jesus makes a statement and says, now I want you to hear this. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all humankind to me. Why does Jesus say that? If I be lifted up from the earth? I mean, because if he's hammered onto a cross that is a pole, and the pole is sticking into the ground, which is the earth, that can't be exactly what he meant. It is inscribed to Jesus. It is, it is ascribed to Jesus that he was signifying the cross-death event. However, 
That was a revelation deep in mystery. This mystery goes back to Genesis 3.15 about the enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the sons of God. Now this is how, how far back this goes and you want to listen to what I'm going to just give you right now because it is a major reveal about the universe. We've got this thing of the enmity between the seed of the serpent and the, and the seed of the sons of God. It connects to Moses and his making of a tree pole with an angel. Now most people don't know this, but they follow my teachings. It really shows on that pole that Moses made, there was an angel at the top with his head down on the head of the serpent, fulfilling what it predicted would happen in the book of Genesis. Check that out in the third chapter around the 15th verse. And Jesus said, as Moses lifted up, up the serpent, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Now that wouldn't make any sense at all unless the list, lifting up of that serpent had this image that I am mentioning about the, the angel having the foot on top of the head of the serpent, showing that it was, it was in dominion of it. And when Moses received that revelation to make it, he understood that. He understood that revelation. So Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. In that revelation, in that deep revelation, was something that was hidden. But the hidden plan, the mystery, was prepared at the foundations of the earth. Revelations 13, 8, KJV. Prince Lucifer, Satan, and his prince angels did not know the hidden plan. The Bible says that if they had known this plan, now come on, hang in there. Notice that I called I say Prince Lucifer and his prince angels. There's a big, 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 big Bible for that. The word prince is another special way of saying principality. And the Bible says that um, if, the, if they had known the plan, they would not have crucified Jesus Christ. What? You mean this plan was kept secret from the foundations of the world? That's what it says. This plan was never revealed. Satan and his demons and his devils and his, his principality leadership, princes, they never were able to find out the secret. It was hidden. And from the very beginning, when you were reading in the Bible, you, you read about the hidden word of God. It was hidden. And they never found it out. So, when he plotted the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, this is why and when Jesus said, if I be lifted up, and when Jesus was put on the serpent pole called the cross, the plan sealed, was sealed by that event. Then Jesus said, Therefore, judgment is set, for now shall the prince of this universe be cast out. St. John 12.31 
They would not have crucified him if they had known. But because they did not know, and they became involved in crucifying him, they broke one of the angelic codes that was a major code, which is going to cause Lucifer to lose his appeal before the white throne judgment. And if they had known that, they would never have crucified him. They would have stopped. But they didn't. They crucified him. And Jesus says, now, that does it. That seals it. Now, Jesus says, the world shall come to know that I am also the Son of God. John 8, 28. So the cross event was at grand, ground level, but the reality of the event was universal. Consequently, when Jesus was taken up above the earth, as he was carried aloft by the spacecraft to leave the earth, and therefore goes into space, Luke 24, 51, this is a jewel revealed about the first domain, the heaven of heavens, his statement details much more than only the story of the cross experience. It involves a state of pure energy called the first domain, its outer spiriferma area called the fringe, the term that means zith, Z-Z-I-T-H, which is the name of the flying spacecraft of the angels. It further reveals the drawing power of attraction the first domain has and as an attraction force, uh, if you want to call it gravity, go ahead, on the cosmo or universe. So now the ethereal phenomena opens and the long hidden secrets begin to pop up of a knowledge destined to cover the whole world. Here's a masterful peek at a major revelation. A new revealed theory of why the universe is the way it is. Is there another world of vast power to which the universe is gravitated to? The missing cri critical knowledge that balances the universe that balances the universe to zero between plus and minus? If the many divisible frames of creation were unmessaged, the complex integration of what exists presently would not have existed today. Universes are forever. They live long and sleep long. Then awakened from their long sleep when loosened by the power of Latolution to a new universe that begins as a newborn universe. From each universe entering a compression point of plurality into a sleep is contributed a syntone cordex. This message is locked in a vacuum of suspended timelessness. The syntone has messages about nearly every historical aspect of that universe. When that universe becomes impressed, compressed to a sus suspension point of plural oneness, sometimes called a singularity, begins to unfold, there can be found the syntone in the forms of energy memory dots. One day a people in the age of Iron will gain the knowledge to find and to read those syntone energy dots. Who would ever suspect that an energy that is squeezed to less than a pinpoint color of silence and having no depth once was a, a universe? Who would ever suspect the universe could be squeezed that small? Well, people just don't understand that when you're looking at an atom, 99.9% an atom, of that atom is space. 
And, and if you took the tallest building in the world, and you took all the space out of it, the atoms that that whole building is made out of and is separated by space wouldn't even equal a grain. Wouldn't even equal a grain. And so, out in the far beyond abides the inexhaustible, in, inextinguishable infinity called zero, plus, and minus. The first domain abiding is pure energy, which is a total opposite existence to what a universe is. The riddle to know and understand these quizzes seems to the human masses complicated and perplexing. The brain slates of humans are mostly blank as to knowledge about the domatron effect and the first domain and how the universes are attracted to the first domain. When a universe in suspended sleep experiences the torque or release, sometimes called the Big Bang, it is immediately drawn to the energy of the first domain. But the domatron energies, sometimes called dark energy, repulse it, sending it un its unraveling energies into a massive spinning whirl curve so vast it cannot be wholly uh, pictured. The science world thinks what they call the Big Bang's release of energy is rushing outward uh, in an expansion of the universe, but the fact is, it is this universe is on a vast curve of upward expansion toward a circularity of such an extent it is too vast of size for present astronomy, uh, uh, astronomy's capability to sense its true perspective in space. The first domain is a pure spirit energy not in the minds of most, most physicists to exist. Therefore, their methods of seeking solutions of somewhat hopeless which is somewhat hopeless for given accord to the classic mass and the quantum perspective, inasmuch as the theory of everything is about things of physical realms and is not theory about what is spirit, including the vast spirit energy world of the first domain that exists, which is the dominant force over all of the all and is the missing critical force that balances the all and the all. So what do we have here, people? What we have is by this revelation where Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to, draw all men to me. He was putting himself in that perspective as he went to the fringe and being lifted up above the earth, above the physical world. He was revealing that the Holy Ghost which is in everything, as the sound trial. There is nothing that is not in. It's in the all of the all. The Spirit of God in the first domain is attracted to the Holy Ghost in the universe. And so it draws the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a job, the Holy Ghost Spirit has a job that it must function and it must stay within these physical things. So therefore, when the spirit of the first domain draws the Holy Ghost spirit, it causes all of these parts that the Holy Ghost is in to also be drawn and attracted toward the first domain. 
So the entire whole universe is in circularity around about the first domain. And it's attracted to the first domain. And that changes almost everything in science. It changes what gravity is. It changes what the balance of nature is. Many of the laws, many of the ideas, many of the concepts that they have labored to come up with and use math to try to make it to be the real thing is much of it irrelevant. Why even Einstein said that if the gravity thing was not solved, if it didn't turn out to be a certain way, then the scientists needed to know that everything that he had taught and almost everything that they were teaching was of, of the point in they needed to start all over. And that's the seriousness of this. And that's the incredibility of this. And how can something that is physical be attracted to something that is spirit? Well, how can something that is the Word, which is God, which is spirit, become something that is physical? And how can once that a spirit, a soul spirit that is eternal in a physical being and has the Holy Ghost and speaks the language of unknown tongues be anything other than attractive to the first domain because the first domain is the God to whom those unknown tongues are speaking to and are speaking mysteries to, which is called the rest and the place that we people of God need to come to in order to find what we need for deliverance, in, or, in order to find what we need uh, to be set free. We have to come to that. And so the unknown tongues is really the secret of dark energy and dark matter. And in the 18th chapter, I think it is, of Psalms, and I've read, of course, this to you many, many a time. It is so in interestingly beautiful. 18 verse 9, He bowed the heavens also, he came down, and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made, he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion around about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, it's here in the Bible. It's real. It's true. It tells about the dark matter. It tells about the dark energy. But what it is most beautifully, it is what is said in the 19th chapter of Psalms, that there is no place, no place, it doesn't exist, where the voice does not speak. This voice that cannot be understand, understood, pardon me, by humans, 
because it's a mystery. So you have to really get into the spirit of it. You have to have an interpreter, not a translator. A translator just takes it from one native language to another native language. That's what translations do. They can throw a little bit of, of discoveries that they're made of ancient vases and ancient things. They can throw a little bit of customs in there to trim up the word. But it's basically of a language, of a human language to another human language. That's translation. That is not interpretation. What seems to be missing in a great way is people of God who have the spirit ability to interpret what these deep spiritual things mean and what the patterns mean so that they can, in an, in an explicit way, show you what really is going on and tell you these things by interpretation. And that's what the Peace Bible is going to be, the Peace Manifest Bible. It's an interpretation Bible. It's not a translation into another language Bible. Not meant to be that. Never was meant to be that. It's meant to be an interpretation of the mysteries of God that have been hidden from the foundations of the world. And God has put on me the gift of interpretation. And I rarely wake up a morning without flashes coming into my mind and new revelation of interpretations coming to me. And it's day by day and night by night. And I promise you, it's not here a little and there a little, precept upon precept or line upon line. But it is the rest. It is the peace of the soul. It is the assurance of the totality of things that have been kept from the demon forces of darkness. That they have not been allowed to break the seal. They have not been allowed to get into and they accordingly have really goofed it up for when the day comes of the judgment, of the white throne judgment and all of the, the top archangels gather that represent all of the seven universes that have, that have been. And they gather in this great hall of justice. And Lucifer has to try to explain himself. He goofed. He lost it. He lost it on the cross. The manifest says, never stood a cross so tall. And this will be the first time I really tell how tall that, that cross really stands. It's so tall that the invisible top of it reaches far, far above all the heavens of this universe. It is so tall 
it reaches all the way up to the fringe of the first domain. The fringe where persons like archangels can, can go. And in the sphere of firmity, they can maintain their bodies but still be very cognizant of their spirit. And they can have a commencement relational with God in the fringe. And then come back down to the Father's house. And Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you are to pray. My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How does the relationship between the first domain described in the Bible as the heaven of heaven's work, as to the spirit of the ultramind? How many people call God? There is no place of existence that the spirit of the ultramind does not have a presence. However, the soul core of the ultramind, which is the first presence of the ultramind, never enters the universe except by the Holy Ghost. Nevertheless, the soul core does have a position, location, and that location is called the first domain. Mostly, the referring of the first domain having a position, location, is not used because the first domain, being of pure spirit energy, can be said to not exist at any one point location, but being spirit can exist multiplicity in a multiplicity of dimensions within dimensions that never touch each other. The soul core of the ultramind's abode is the first domain which both attracts and repels. These said powerful actions act as both drawing attraction and repulsion. When the Holy Spirit that is in the physical universe allows a causation in which the physical of the universe begins to get too close to the first domain, then a repulsion effect comes into, into effect. And that repulsion effect pushes everything back. But the drawing kind of a gravitation like centrifugal force carries on and on and on. Since the Holy Ghost of the ultramind is in every particle, subparticle, and atom of all the components of the universe, the ultra-mind-soul energy draws the Holy Ghost that is in all creation, but repels the physical complex of the universe in which the Holy Ghost abides because the physical aspect is anti to the pure spirit energy of God. The result is the universe is an orbit around the first domain in which the soul core energy of the ultramind abides. Seven orb orbit resolutions around the core of the first domain equal one forever. Seven orbit re resolutions around the core of the first domain equals one forever, which is so beyond human time accounting that it is out of the human mind to perceive. 
it often becomes as a vanishing point. When seven rev resolutions of the universe around the first domain are complete, universal death of existence sets in, and the Holy Ghost abandons the dying body of the universe, and the universe goes into collapse and becomes a compression point of plurality and enters a state of suspension in ultra-density called the sleep. This sleep of timelessness equals one forever, and adding the forever of seven resolutions of the universe in orbit around the first domain equals two forevers which equal an eternity. When the two forevers are completed, Latolution torques the point of the plural density, and a great release of us all, including Syntone, are flung out into expanding of new space habitats. Consequently, the when of a new universe begins again. As the universe swirls in orbit around the first domain, stars are born and die. Planets are born and die. Vast frays of energy move through transitions and transformations. Life in multiple forms are created that live and cease. All things having life have spirit and soul bodies. However, those soul bodies are limited to being perishable. The Bible says the Lord weighs spirits. W-E-I-G-H, weighs spirits. Spirit density is described in the Bible as thickness. Exodus 19.9, KJV, Proverbs 16.2. According to the Bible, spirit can also be measured. What does spirit energy being able to be measured mean to the, to the universe? It means that spirit energy has dimension. It means that a spirit is a source of energy that has been missed as being counted by most scientists. In the theory of everything, the mathematicians and the, the uh, uh, physicists created invisible dimensions in order to hopefully fulfill a finding to explain the seemingly difference between the quantum and classical, the little and the big of the universe. Sometimes researchers Researchers ignorantly ascribed recognition to God Almighty and to the kingdom or his kingdom of angelic spirits. This they do ignorant of how close they come to recognizing the unknown God. Here is the scripture for whom God sent, uh, uh, sent uh, speaks the words, for he whom God sent speaks the words of God. Here is the scripture, for he who God sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loves the Son and has given all potential unto him, John 3, 34 through 35. So then, so then, the first presence of Jesus Christ is Yahweh, or Yahweh, who is the Father of lights, and the measure of the Spirit unto him is not limited as it is to the angels and we humans. This is why the Bible speaks about being full of the Spirit. This full state is called the manifest teaching, a state of pluperfection. Plu state of pluperfection. The root core of Jesus is pluperfect. In the original Latin, pluperfect means beyond perfection, a kind of superperfection. So the Bible says that there is an advanced vision that is able to see in darkness or life. Their intensities do not differentiate the vision. It means that God is proved uh, perfect, 
Yes, God is beyond perfection. The Bible says, I have taken off my coat, I cannot put it back on. Perfection cannot become unperfected. When it is plus perfection, this is a state of pure love, which the Bible says God is love. How does the Son of God, who is sinless and perfect, take on sins of the world? Only because he is plus perfect, beyond perfection. How does the I am visible God think to raise up from a carnal nature, animal, universe, world, uh, new spirits to live in heaven of heavens, the first domain? It is nothing less than pure love. It is because the invisible I am God is beyond perfection. Yes, it is because un, it's because un is plus perfect. What it is in mankind that, what is it in mankind that draws him to the stars? What causes the inexplicable yearning to the beyond? It is nothing less than a man's spirit soul that fell here from the stars. The drawing power of the Spirit has said in the Bible's ratio of a thousand trillion, a racial potential far beyond the drawing power of gravity. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from earth, I will draw all men unto me. Compare the term drawing to mean gravity or, 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 um, or magnetizing attraction, uh, anti-repulsion, density, thickness, and many other terms. Every component in the whole universe has Holy Ghost in it. Psalms 19, 1 through 5. The body of the universe, the body of the universe would be dead without the, this Holy Ghost Spirit. The Bible clearly says the body without the Spirit is dead. The universe is made of atoms and matter, just like our body. The Holy Ghost equals tongues. Tongues equal the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, St. John 1 through 5 and verse 14. In the creation um, of the universe, manifold God, as represented by Elohim gods, also called angels, called for there to be an aura light. This aura light was enlightenment, the first light in the Bible's book of Genesis. Star time. You may not realize this, but the Bible set creation on star time. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, suns, stars, moon, and let them be for signs, seasons, days, years. The yomes include the stars of the night sky because of the use of a definite article, the. The following and creates a second case of lights. And additionally, to give light upon the earth, the sun and moon. Genesis 1, 14 through 16. So creation is on star time. The universe is in orbit around the first domain, the heaven of heavens. One complete orbit of the unit around the first, listen to this one, one complete orbit of the university, or pardon me, not the university, one complete orbit of the universe around the first domain takes a thousand billion years. A thousand billion years to one equals a trillion years, which is a Bible ratio. Seven universe orbits around the first domain take seven trillion years. Seven trillion years star time equal one forever. There are two forevers mentioned in the Bible. Those two forevers and ever equal one eternity. And in the days of the voice of the seven angels, and when the seven thunders have uttered their voice, the mystery of God will be finished. Revelation 10.7. MIV also reads... Verses 1 through 6, MIV, plus many other scriptures. To some persons, this revelation would seem like a huge mystery. 
because size, distance, and time in their mind seem they should be irrelevant to the first domain because it is not physical. So the questions, if the first domain is not physical, how do you create an attraction for making an orbit around it? The Bible speaks of circuits, which can be orbits, such as in the lattice of atoms. This is a hundredfold meaning of a wheel in the middle of a wheel. It is also a similitude of the spirit of man from God who gave it, surrounded by a physical body. Every, every human being has a spirit in it. The spirit is totally anti to the body and the flesh, but yet there is a nucleus that separates like a firmament and allows those two to be together as an entity. There will no longer be a problem that the Bible's reference to years covers more than the limits or excesses humankind has put on the earth years. Consequently, signs, seasons, days, and years also mean star time years. So the time span of the Bible terminology, the Bible's quote, as long as the sun and the moon shine or endure, compare Psalm 72, 5 and 17, if is but one heart pulse in the whole life of a universe, and not at all a forever in comparison to seven trillion star time years that the present universe will be in orbit around the first domain. Romans 8, 18, we're almost through here, folks. For I considered that the suffering of this present earth time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. I want to read that again. I considered that the sufferings of this present earth time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. What did it say in Psalms 19? It says that all of this is that's going on is revealing the glory of God and revealing the handiwork of God. It's going to be revealed to us. Have hope and patience for the dark, for the dark glass we look through is vanishing. In time, as minds develop with the consciousness and begin to reason and ask questions, those entities will begin to seek a creator and come to imagine that there can be an eternal spirit, souls that never die. But then there are those who are into impedition, who begin to reason the universe is complete in its creation, and therefore has an evolving potential to advance and become as gods of creation. Two opposite forces compete, and consequently sometimes there is a war in the world of the universe. Principalities war against principalities. All the while, the universe orbits the unknown first domain, the abode of the ultra-mind whose pure energy is the energy love of God. This presentation should not freak anyone out who is able to swallow all the quantum, quantum teaching theories and extremes and its multiple universes and multiple lives of people uh, that are said to be able to live according to the, the wishes that come into their mind and be able to go to any of the many different planets and live there in their own different wished-for way. What does this revelation do affecting the 90% plus which is not known and, and what is not understood about the universe? Dangling questions unanswered of the glass darkly of knowledge. The armed forces of the gods are here in the earth's skies. They are angels in their ar armadas that fly the winds of the sky. It is said that when the sun becomes a red star and begins expanding, burning up its own solar planets, and the earth is toasted, and no humans have, uh, can live there uh, for millions of years, that nevertheless 
the 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 uh, myco creature, like the eight-legged uh, tardigrade uh, called the water bears, will still be alive on Earth. This micro-creature can live even in boiling water. The unknown is vast. We humans existed before the genesis of this planet Earth. But there are some creations in the micro-world that millions of years when humans cannot live here, they will still be able to live here on this planet, even as it's, it's slowly, crisply burning. The call is to us to return to the stars, to return to God, who will never be dis, dis, uh, 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 disinterested and will never be made to be undistinguished. The Big Bang that the Bible speaks about causing the stretching out of the cosmic heavens had more than just one outburst, an outpour of radiance. In fact, there were three outpours of radiance. Recently, and just recently, a supernova, IPTF4, IPTF4 was discovered that had three outbursts, something unheard of before. Why is gravity in question today's science? Why does the quantum theories clash with the classical Einstein's theory of general relativity? The Bible in Revelation 12 tells us about a war in heaven and how two different groups were as the result of the war cast down to earth. One of the groups became demons. The other group became we humans who presently live on earth. What about dark matter and dark energy? What about the lump, lumpy fabric of the universe? What about the accelerating expansion of the universe? What about the the uh, Pliocene warming up of the earth causing rising seas and oceans and a warming earth. What does it all mean to quantum to quantum's superposition concept? It means that a lot of people have learned a lot of wrong things. And God is calling his destinata. And he's speaking to him with this message. To know the truth. Because once you know the truth, the Bible says it will set you free and you will be able to enter into the rest of God. This is Dr. Jerry Lee, the manifestor Yada, who God has given the gift of interpretation. We're soon going to be publishing, we hope by, by my birthday on March 2nd, we'll have the Bible, the Peace Manifest Bible ready to start getting it in publication form. And the world is going to be shocked when they read that Bible. And many, many other books are getting ready to start going out. We need you people to stand by us. There's not been anything else like this evidently around that I have been able to see. God is doing something very, very different and there is no end to this revelation that is coming. Janet Lee at the organ, we love you. God bless you. We love you.